Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Uh, this week we have uh, Reverend Mike McGarry on the podcast. Uh, Mike is the youth pastor at South Shore Baptist Church in Hingham, Massachusetts, and is passionate about translating sound doctrine for the next generation. Uh, he is the author of A Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry and Lead Them to Jesus. Uh, he's also a contri- contributor to Gospel-Centered Youth Ministry. And he's the founder of uh, Youth Pastor Theologian. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much, John. Happy to be here with you. Yeah, and and Mike, why don't we begin there? Just uh, Youth Pastor Theologian. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Youth Pastor Theologian is and uh, how people can find it? Yeah, well, you can find it at youthpastortheologian.com. A real clever (laughs) URL right there. Really creative, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm known for. Um, so yeah, youth pastor theologian really just came out of a uh, desire to, uh, help youth workers build their ministries on a biblical and theological foundation. I think, uh, I'm really encouraged by the, the conversations that are taking place in the general youth ministry world about the need to get back to teaching doctrine mm-hmm. and, uh, theological depth in, in ministries. Um, but sometimes we, we hop on these pages on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. And you see people um, posting their lessons about the Trinity and you're like, oh no, that's literal heresy. Don't, (laughs) don't teach that. (laughs) It would be better not to teach theologically than to teach heresy and (laughs) to just say like that, you know, we, we want to be theological in our ministry, but we want to make sure that um, we're doing it well and we're doing it right. And, um, yeah, so I, I just, I applaud the efforts, um, that are out there and I'm so encouraged by, uh, the call for theological depth in youth ministry and the people responding to that. And so this is my effort to, uh, provide some resources and to build a team. So I'm really excited to have uh, guest authors and other contributors and voices, uh, pitching in and, uh, sharing some wisdom and experience. And how are we, how are we building that theological core? Yeah. Yeah. I I can remember one of my seminary professors, I think it was our church history professor shared a story of, I think an adult Sunday school class, maybe, you know, like a fifties and up Sunday school class. And they were asking them questions about the Trinity. And he said, uh, every heresy of the early church came came out of that class from, from adults giving answers about the Trinity. And so Mm -hmm. um, it's encouraging to think of, you know, a site like this, that's training the next generation, um, to be rich in this theology, uh, because yeah. as we say, you know, uh, youth are the future of the church. We know they're also the church right now. They're not just the future of the church. Yeah, um, absolutely. But to think of an effort like this, uh, could, could greatly benefit the church, uh, down the road, um, as well. Yeah. So now I applaud you for your efforts and want to point people, uh, to, um, and I'm making sure I get this out of youth, youth pastor, theologian, uh, yeah. dot com, by the way. Yeah. Uh, um, and also, too, I know um, I, I want to talk about your, your newest book as well as an article, but uh, A Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry. That was your, your first book. It was. Um, you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about that book as well? Yeah, Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry uh, came out with Randall House Academic in 2019. And uh, the original title for that book was originally, uh, Is Youth Ministry Biblical? And for uh, kind of a host of reasons we switched it to biblical theology of youth ministry. Um, oh, part of me wishes that we stuck with that original title. Cause that really does get to the core of 
uh, what that book's about and yeah. why I wrote it. Because uh, there's just so many, I think we've all heard um, critiques of youth ministry, and there are many. Um, and some even go so far as to say that it is um, not just extra biblical, but it is unbiblical, and that um, youth ministers and youth workers are usurping parents' authority and and all these critiques. Um, and so it's an effort to say, well, okay, uh, is that true? Uh, because if it is, then we should all resign, right? Um, but if it's not true, if the faith community has always come alongside parents to co-disciple the next generation, then that's where we that's where we are, and we want to make sure that we're building our ministries on um, on a biblical foundation. So yeah, and so you said the original title was "Is Is Youth Ministry Biblical?" So- yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. the original title. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I want to encourage our listeners definitely uh, pick it up a biblical theology of youth ministry. It's one of those, I think if you you read the title, some people might be intimidated by it. Um, it is academic, but accessible at the same time. And it's not. Yeah, it know, is this, blessedly short. It's only like yeah, I was gonna say, pages. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's not, you know, this 300, 400 page volume. It's um, <laughs> very accessible. Um, yeah. and, and you do just set up a very good case for biblical why we have youth ministry in the local church and why there yeah, yeah. is biblical reason theology backing that up yeah um, so i mean even the table of contents in that is you know youth ministry in the old testament youth ministry in the new testament youth ministry throughout church history you know how mm-hmm. christians always pass the faith from generation to generation and then looking at a few different you know what's a what's the bible say about theology and um what theological core have to say about how we make disciples and what's the Bible say about the family and just, yeah. So yeah, trying to present a biblical case. Yeah, for sure. No, I really appreciated that. And I've appreciated just kind of, I guess, first, I think our mutual connection was Walt Mueller uh, first, uh, both because you remind me you had Walt as a professor. Is that correct? Yeah. So the book uh, flowed out from my um, demon thesis, Uh, not demon, thesis my doctor of ministry <laughs> yeah, you've got to be thesis. you've got to be careful i know yeah they really need to come up with a better abbreviation for that um and walt Mueller was my mentor uh for my my doctoral thesis that was really the origin for this book yeah so i kind of I, I knew about you from afar and then we were able to connect i think over a phone call first but then you you came to rym's youth leader training last year kind of one yeah, that we fantastic didn't know if we were going to be able to have, you know, still as uh, COVID was rearing its ugly head. And um, yeah. anyway, it was nice to be able to, to sit down and looking forward to talking more youth ministry with you today. And I thought, you know, a good place to start. Um, I saw that you recently published an article on the Gospel Coalition, I think mm-hmm. maybe at the time of this recording, just a few weeks ago. Um, yep. And the title of that article is Four Reasons Pastors Should Care About Youth and Children's Ministry. And you, you kind of set up in the intro. Um, looking at, you know, what is a healthy church and you give some of the stats on teenagers leaving the church, uh, those who, you know, grow up, who are faithful attenders. And then once they, they grow up, they, they leave and, um, you kind of set out four reasons. And one of the reasons I just thought we could kind of zoom in on a little bit is, uh, the second one you give is we don't learn it in, in, in seminary that we don't learn youth yeah. ministry in seminary, that there's not a lot of emphasis placed on youth ministry. I mean, you say that oftentimes in a lot of the MDiv um, kind of scope and sequence of what everyone's going to, to cover, 
youth ministry is an elective on there. Um, but you kind of make a case, look, it's, it's vital, not just for those who feel called to youth ministry, for, but for senior pastors to, to have some kind of an understanding of youth ministry. So let, let's just zoom in on that a little bit and kind of hear some of your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think you capture the heart behind that really well. I mean, it's just the reality that, um, you know, I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but what number, what percentage of churches in, uh, in our country are pastored by single you know, solo pastors who have no other staff members and uh, they're just doing their best and, you know, pastoring a small congregation and they've never taken a class or never read a book about youth ministry or children's ministry or whatever. Um, I mean, a lot of them are, are parents who obviously have thought about how do I raise my kids and, and the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So it's not to say that they've never thought about youth ministry or children's ministry. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're completely ignorant and have nothing <laughs> to add to the conversation, mm-hmm. um, but they've never studied it. Uh, they've never really um, dug into the core foundation of what does scripture say uh, about the church's role in ministry to children and teenagers, because a lot of people do think that the Bible is just silent about that. And that the Bible doesn't talk about children's ministry or youth ministry whatsoever. And it just passes that to parents. And then we wash our hands and move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but my contention is that there's there's more uh, wisdom to glean from the scriptures and from church history and from just what's happening. And how, how do we really uh, understand youth and children to pass the faith to them? And I think senior pastors uh, would and elder boards and, and whoever else would really benefit from digging into some of that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it is, you know, there are definitely those who, and I guess speaking personally, when, when I went to seminary originally, I did not think I was going to be doing youth ministry long-term that yeah. from when I started seminary to when I finished, I, I was very convinced that I wanted to do youth ministry more long-term by the end. And so whenever anyone's entering seminary, um, you know, I would say it's fairly common for them on the other side of it to, to feel called mm-hmm. elsewhere. And so I would say, you know, for yeah. any, anyone, I, I mean, they're going to be dealing with youth ministry in some way, shape or form, whether that's um, when they have youth of their own in their own household, or yep. if they're yep. a solo pastor, like you just gave that scenario. And so it just makes sense for it to be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some required curriculum for, for seminaries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, church planting is huge mm-hmm. right now. I mean, for, for good reason. Right. But yeah. like when you plant your church and families start showing up who have children, what are you going to do um, when you have teenagers? In, like th- there's a huge opportunity there for some really meaningful and rich intergenerational ministry just because the size of your church is you're growing. And um, you, you don't want to get yourself into the position where now you've grown enough to have a youth ministry or to hire a youth pastor, but you've never really thought about how you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's been encouraging um, for us just at, at RYM. I feel like I can plug youth leader training a little bit more. I tell people because I have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, my, Michael's <laughs> the one who, who sets it all up, but um, the, the years that I went when I was, you know, youth pastor in the local church to now, um, 
when there are people who attend who are volunteers in a church or senior pastors yeah. in a church and they don't have, you know, the title youth director or student director or anything like that. Um, but they're showing up because they realize, okay, we need some kind of education in this and um, some kind of framework to kind of think through this. Um, yeah. So it's always encouraging to see that. Yeah. So I, I took an informal poll on uh, Twitter and I tagged a whole bunch of different seminary ad admissions departments and this and that, whatever, just to see um, how many uh, evangelical seminaries require a youth ministry course, not just offer a youth ministry course, but require for part of their MDiv. And there was only one evangelical seminary who requires all MDiv students to take a course on youth and families ministries. Wow. Um, for the for the rest, it's all entirely optional in the curriculum, which means the only people who are really going to take those courses are people who are narrowing it down on youth ministry. Hmm. Um, so th that's part of the concern that I, I wrote the article out of was, yeah, I, I think we need to rethink how we do youth ministry mm -hmm. and the people who are leading our churches have never really been guided through that process. So we just yeah. keep doing what we're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And as you, you kind of, again, begin that article but with students growing up and leaving the church and you say, this isn't just a youth ministry problem. This is a Christian problem. This is a problem Christians need to be thinking about. And um, without a doubt, the way we think about youth ministry does have an impact on that. Um, yep. and, and I did not intend to, to set it up this way, but for those who did not take a seminary course, maybe they could just pick up your book, um, <laughs> lead, lead them to Jesus. Uh, that's yeah. a book yeah. that came out. I know through new growth press, was it last year? 2020? Yeah, it, was, it was just like two months ago. Okay. Yeah, it's just, uh, okay. in August. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that's right. This past summer. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I remember we wanted to get it on our, our book tables this summer at our summer conferences. Um, so yeah, just, just came out yeah. right off the press. It, it wasn't finished printing yet. <laughs> they were like, Oh, we would have, <laughs> but it's yeah. literally still printing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I've, I've said, and, and again, this isn't just because you're, you're on this podcast, but I mean, every youth worker should own this book and it's a book that, you know, will be a reference book for years to come um, that people can just pull it off their shelves. I mean, the way you have the book set up is you've got two main sections. And the first section basically deals with some of the most frequent questions teenagers are going to be asking or are wrestling yeah. with and kind of equipping youth workers with a biblical framework to think through those questions. And then the, the second section is, um, kind of practical guide and help for youth workers. And again, a biblical framework, I mean, it's saturated in, in scripture, but, you know, dealing with um, using social media effectively to having games, to so all sorts of kind of practical things in youth ministry. And so it's, it's short chapters. I think all in all, I'm trying to look at the table of contents, 40 chapters. Uh, some of them are just, you know, a few mm -hmm. pages. Um, <clears throat> again, very accessible, but let's begin just, just kind of, starting with the, the first section. And, and again, building off of what we've just been talking about yeah. for those who didn't have any kind of framework in youth ministry. I mean, this is a book that would be just gold uh, for these people to, to flip through and to, uh, to be a help. So maybe just explain some of the kind of your thinking and forming this book and why mm -hmm. you, you put this book together. Yeah, sure. So um, biblical theology of youth ministry was uh, really 
written to answer that question, is youth ministry biblical? And if it is, then uh, what are the, you know, absolutely essential elements that we need to implement in our ministries? And so that book was really about, you know, unpacking the foundation of, of it. Uh, this book is more of a, a show than a tell. Um, so it takes uh, a lot of the core of the first book and then shows you what it actually looks like. So I, I, I kind of think about them as a, a show and tell kind of difference between them. And um, yeah, just what, what are the nuts and bolts of what, what it means to actually do and build a biblical youth ministry. And um, yeah, so I was starting at my current church about two years ago. And um, as I was preparing to lead this new team of volunteers, I uh, started a document on my computer called if I get the job. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and it was uh, a whole big list of topics and issues that I wanted to discuss with my new team of leaders. And that list just grew and grew and grew. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to take forever to be able to talk through all this stuff with them. Um, But I like writing, so maybe I'll just write a few short articles for them about it. The next thing I knew, I I had a table of contents and I had a book idea. And I was like, it would be so much easier if I just had a handbook on this stuff for them. But there really weren't any uh, sites out there or resources out there that were, were quite trying to do this blend of the theological issues that I thought think are really important for youth workers to be equipped to discuss and just the real practical skills. I think a lot of sites are good at one or the other, uh, and a lot of books are good at one or the other, um, or they're, they do it well, but in a way that their chapters are really long, and I didn't mm-hmm. think my leaders would actually read them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so uh, thankfully New Growth Press caught, understood the vision for what this book could be right away. And, uh, yeah, each of the chapters is only, you know, four I think the longest chapter is five pages long and uh, they're each basically a blog post uh, to not answer all the questions or all the information in depth, uh, but enough to get uh, youth workers in a place where they feel like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think back to when I had staff meetings with my youth staff and this would have been a perfect book to have to just, you, you could literally just read the chapter together because they're, they're shorter, but yeah. to, to use those. As and I've done that with my own team. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's perfect for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know this is a, a very helpful uh, resource. And, and so as I'm looking at the, the first section here um, and have the, you know, just the first chapter, how do I become a Christian? A second, how can I trust and understand the Bible? What is the Trinity? Is it okay to doubt? And just questions like that. Um, can you think of maybe the most frequently asked question you've gotten from students as you've interacted? Remind me, you've been in student ministry over 15 years. Yeah, about 16 20... years. Yeah. Okay. Um, what would you say is, I mean, that question that you just heard students asking consistently, and I know that's going to change year to year as well. Yeah. I mean, lately, a lot of it has to do with um, gender, sexuality. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do, uh, I get a lot of questions about the Bible and can we actually trust it? Um, was it just kind of whipped up by a bunch of people and what do we do about the contradictions, uh, in the Bible? 
um, you know, how do we actually know that Jesus rose from the grave? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought those were some important chapters to include in the book there because um, they're ones that I hear a lot and yeah. the, and the Trinity, honestly, I mean, the Trinity is something that I, I, it's almost always my go-to example of things that everyone knows we should be teaching, but we don't because we don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the number one questions I hear from youth pastors, not from students, but from youth pastors is, okay, so how do I actually teach the Trinity to students in a way that is helpful? Cause I'm not a systematic theologian and I don't know how to, <laughs> how, do, how do, how do I do this? So yeah, th- yeah, there's a host of, um, the systematic theology type of things and some apologetics and, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's, I hope it's helpful. No, it's interesting to hear you say that because I, I I do some part-time teaching with, uh, I teach Bible to 10th and 11th graders and we, we get into the Trinity a little bit. And it, it's always, uh, it's one of those things. I mean, we know what the Trinity is. We can communicate the Trinity, but then as soon as you start talking about the Trinity, it gets confusing. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's yeah. one of those things as you're trying to talk to teenagers about it and they begin to ask questions, you realize, okay, wow, this is this is a obviously a complex doctrine when you're talking about a transcendent God who is beyond our comprehension in many ways. Um, we know, obviously he's also draws near to us um, as well, but, but it's a, a complex doctrine. And so um, what's interesting to me, I mean, just using the Trinity as an example is how I think people on the outside think, okay, that sounds really dry to teach the students as you get into doctrine, but how fascinated they are by it when you die. Oh, they dig it. it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. so interesting to, cause, and, and again, that's a kind of, you, you have a, you know, area of youth ministry who might push back on, you know, doctrine and theology, but mm-hmm. you see, look, it's hardwired in them to, to, to know who this God is. And as soon as you start to talk about him, it draws them in and they, they love to yeah. talk theology. Yeah. Well, and I mean, especially for church kids who have grown up on, you know, children's bible stories it digging into rich theological issues and questions like the trinity or um you know how can jesus have two natures like Hmm. what's was he god was he man was he hercules like half of each like what's what's up with these questions You're, you're giving them an opportunity and you're challenging them and inviting them to go deep in understanding what um, what this faith is all about that they've been raised to believe mm-hmm. so that we're not sending them out to college or into the workforce. And then, you know, eventually they realize that their knowledge of doctrine and of what they believe and why they believe it is incomplete. And so they think that we've been hiding something from them, mm-hmm. but it's really because we didn't trust that they were interested, that they would care or that they were competent enough to think about it. And they feel like we've tricked them mm-hmm. or, or we've hidden things from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, again, just pointing people back to this book, I mean, this would be such a helpful book. If, if there's somebody out there listening and thinking, you know, I, I know some passages to talk about the Trinity, but I don't know really how I would kind of get going. I mean, th- this book would kind of be, <clears throat> I mean, just again, using the Trinity, a helpful outline of how to kind of dive into that and, and try to set that up to talk to your students about that. So um, yeah. Yeah, very helpful. And as you said, too, I mean, talking about just kind of LGBTQ and, and gender 
issues. Um, I mean, like you said, the foundation is there. Well, can I trust and understand the Bible? And so having a chapter on that, but then moving into your second section, I know you've got a chapter that um, is entitled thinking about LGBTQ issues. Um, So maybe uh, let's dive into this second section a little bit. Uh, Just tell us a little bit more. Okay. How is this set up? And maybe even get into that, that topic as well. Yeah. um, Thanks. So uh, it's one of these things where we want to be theologically um, robust in our ministries, but we're not uh, theology professors who are uh, just biding our time in the youth room until we can teach in Bible college or seminary or whatever. You know, that we're youth pastors and we're youth workers and we're leading teams of volunteers who have never been to Bible college and um, they just, they love Jesus and they love students and they want to help teenagers follow Jesus. So how do we help them um, have confidence as they minister to students with a host of issues? I I think one of the more important chapters in the book, honestly, is the one having to do with uh, navigating conflict with, Mm -hmm. with students. Like how do we, how do we discipline kids when they're acting out and they're just um, disrespectful jerks who we want to ban <laughs> from youth ministry, but we know like, nope, they're just proving to us that they need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do we do? And how do we handle that? Um, th- th- to take the disrespect seriously. Um, and that, you know, sin has consequences. So disrespect has consequences, but it's in, in a, um, in the context of grace and what, what's that look like in youth ministry? Um, so yeah, I, I, I think a lot of my, my passion and burden was to, to provide a resource that's going to equip volunteers to, um, put feet to the gospel in every aspect of the youth ministry. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think yeah. that I'm, I'm so glad you, you have a, a section on that because that's, as I'm thinking back of, you know, the, the training I would do with uh, the volunteer leaders that come in on uh, Wednesday night for our, our large group program, um, discipline was always an aspect of, okay, well, what do mm-hmm. I do when I have students that aren't getting quiet after I warn them or whatever, and they're disrupting the whole yep. class and to walking people through that. Um, again, just kind of reading through some of these uh, topics you touch on, you have starting a youth ministry, attributes of a great youth worker, fostering a healthy ministry culture, fun and games in youth ministry. Um, that's something I'd love to kind of zoom in on just a little bit because sure. um, we know games are an aspect of youth ministry that, yeah. um, yep. you know, for youth ministry while, is fun. Yeah, exactly. And so for, yeah. for a while that was kind of the, maybe the critique of, okay, all it is, is, as I've heard some people say, Cokes and jokes, it's just, mm-hmm. hey, give them some pizza, give them some snacks, play a game and, you know, maybe tack on like a five minute lesson at the end. Um, yeah. But we would say that there would be both, um, for sure. There'd be fun and games, and there's good yeah. theology and doctrine. So talk to us a little bit yeah. about that. Yeah, talking about fun and games in youth ministry is honestly one of my favorite topics to discuss <laughs> with youth workers. Um, because if we get ourselves into that cycle of um, playing, using fun and games to get kids to show up, then next week's game needs to be better than this week's game. And the week after that needs to be better even still. And that's just an endless trap that you're setting yourself up to crash and burn and for failure. Um, and it's really not about fun at all. Um, because 
I, I actually tried a number of years ago and I failed, uh, but I tried to ban the word fun from youth group <laughs> <laughs> because kids were like, it's not fun. It's not fun. It's not, I was like, it's not about fun. Um, that if you're playing a game that's awesome with people who you don't like, it's not fun. But if you're playing a game that is absolutely terrible, but you're playing it with friends, then it's a blast. <laughs> so it's not about the game at all. It's about the people who you're with. Mm -hmm. So as youth workers, how do we use fun and games, not just to entertain kids, but to tear down the walls between them? Because let's face it, a lot of our students have grown up in um, neighboring towns, going to uh, neighboring schools, and they've been raised and trained to hate and despise people who live from the next town over because you're rivals. And then they show up at youth group and they're supposed to be buds, <laughs> right? So how do you build teams and how do you play games that, um, that highlight the non-athletic kids mm -hmm. and how do you involve the introverts, you know, so that it's not just youth group equal youth group, fun and games equals another area where the jocks and athletic people rule the day. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're, you're tearing down the walls that exist everywhere else and you're bringing students together um, because that's how you build community and Christian fellowship. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I mean, it's, you know, for, for those who, again, kind of roll their eyes when they hear theology or doctrine and they just think it's, it's so dry. Well, theology and doctrine drive fun and games. It drives yep. the way we think yep. about games and youth ministry. I mean, if we just kind of lump fun and games into the category of recreation. Um, I mean, you, you see the word there, recreation, that, that we're, there's something about games that God has woven into the fabric of creation that can be utilized uh, for, for kingdom work. I mean, significant uh, kingdom mm -hmm. things can occur through uh, games and youth ministry. And, and of course, yep. again, you, you swing the pendulum too far and in, in either direction and um, I think you can, you can have an unhealthy youth ministry. And so finding this balance, um, like you said, I mean, there are those in youth ministry who, um, are not athletic at all. And so we need to think of ways in which we can engage them and draw them in, uh, through games mm -hmm. that, that kind of cater maybe more to their gift set. Uh, there are those who are introverted, extroverted, uh, getting them on team games to, to work together. Um, yeah, that, there's just so many ways in which, uh, we can use these, you know, games to, to, breed or to, to have, you know, healthy youth ministries. Yeah. Um, so, so Mike, I know we're, we're getting uh, somewhat close to time on this. Uh, anything else you want to add kind of, as we're, we're starting to, to close this, this down, anything about the book, anything else to highlight that's coming to mind? Um, I mean, it's just, I, I wrote the book for volunteers. Um, it was um, that the dedication in the book, is for the youth workers at my own church because I literally wrote this book for them and they helped me edit the chapters. Um, a, a lot of, a lot of these chapters were, um, you know, blessed by, <laughs> by their edits and their feedback. And yeah, I, I'm not sure about that part or, you know, there's one chapter entirely that they looked at and they're like, yeah, you don't need that chapter in there. That's not <laughs> helpful. What about this though? And so I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> we will delete and start over. Um, and that, so that's always it really, 
by the way, when you, when oh, you work really was... hard on a whole chapter and then, oh, yeah, let's just delete it. I, I smiled at the moment and I was like, oh, <laughs> that, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> but they were right. Uh, so it's a, it's a more helpful book uh, because of their input. So, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to see uh, what the Lord does with it. Um, because it's it's not just my contribution, but it's my youth workers um, pouring into and investing in other churches, youth workers too. And that's pretty exciting to be able to share with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I said, um, everyone needs to pick it up. The name of the, the book is Lead Them to Jesus. Um, and also uh, your, your first book, A Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry, as well as youthpastortheologian.com. People can check that out. Um, Go to the Gospel Coalition as well. Has some articles there, several articles uh, by Mike. Um, Mike, look, I appreciate your work. Appreciate your passion for good theology and um, bringing that into the the realm of of youth ministry, helping us think through uh, youth ministry uh, from a theologically rich foundation. So, I really appreciate your work. Yeah, I really appreciate RYM and what you guys do. Um, I want to. Uh, the, the YLT training a couple months ago. And even as a veteran, it was, it was really encouraging. And I'm so glad I went. Absolutely. Now I appreciate you sharing that. And like I've said before, before um, I was on staff with RYM, that was a week that I just had to have as a youth worker, mm-hmm. um, not only the good teaching, but then fellowship with other youth workers who are doing the same thing in the trenches along with you. Um, yeah. Deep yeah. encouragement. So I appreciate your time today. I know many will be blessed by it. So thanks again, Mike. All right. Thank you. Come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without pay.